When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome into the Marvel's Tough Podcast. Well, this is the first time that we've recorded this episode. We're really excited that. Yep, hundred percent. We've never recorded this before, and uh, what are we here to talk about, there, Coach? Yeah, well, we're here to talk about all things Marvel, as you know, as he just said. I'm Coach, and he's of course Josh Kennedy from Facebook. Josh Kennedy from Facebook, otherwise known as the Metaverse. The Metaverse. Josh Very Kennedy sweet. From, uh, we're ha- glad to have him in here. Like I said, uh, this is definitely our first time doing this, so we've still got all the energy and excitement that you would expect from the Marvel Stuff group here. You're dang uh, right, Yar, dear coach. <laughs> we got some. We really do want to break down a lot of good stuff. We got the Eternals, which we were just talking about uh, off camera, and yeah, uh, yeah we're yeah. excited to talk about it again, which is awesome. And we do want to break down all that stuff. And we got the Morbius trailer to talk about, so I'd say let's just jump right in. Let's do it, um, man. How about Morbius? Huh? What'd you think of that trailer? It might have been the first trailer that came on when we got on there, and I like it. it I I think it yeah. looks cool. It looks very similar stylistically to Venom and the other Sony movies, but I, yeah. I'm for that. I'm thinking uh, I'm thinking they're going to carry that theme across. I believe they did cast Aaron Taylor Johnson as uh, Craven the Hunter. I think that's also in the Sony universe. So I think all yeah. of these these Sinister Six guys are going to be in a similar vein. That gets to reference the MCU, but not, I don't know, maybe eventually they'll start to cross. I think Morbius is going to be no exception. I am curious which universe we're in right now, because there's so many of them. You know, that was the big discussion on on the Facebook group. There was uh, this trailer, which, which universe is it in? Yeah, I'll say it because I've said it before. The answer is that Sony doesn't care, so I no, don't care. Not even a little. Right. They they're gonna jump around. They own Spider Man. They so they technically own the Raimi verse one. They own the Amazing Spider Verse one, and they technically own the one that's in the MCU as well. So yeah. they're gonna reference all of them, and they don't care that it doesn't really make sense. Yeah, that's like you just all this. It's like free publicity because they get to advertise all their old stuff. It's honestly genius. They're just like you know what'd be funny if we referenced everything we've already done. Hey, remember when you saw Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man? Let's do that again. Or, you know, we got hey, we still love Spider-Man, but let's do some more fun stuff with his uh, rogues gallery there, and they just get to say whatever they want and print money. Yeah, there's, there's those things that you can nitpick when you're in there. Like, that doesn't really make sense. Well, then don't pay attention to it. It's not going to affect if this movie's good or not. They just don't uh, care about visuals, continuity. The visual style is what's going to matter. Jared Leto's acting is what's going to matter. Ooh. You know, that's the stuff that's really going to have an impact. And 
Uh, I'm not a huge Jared Leto fan. I hear you are. You just yeah. I need to say something real quick. It's just he, he. I think most people have got like introduced to him somehow with his Joker iteration in the first Suicide Squad movie. Which one? That movie's awful. But two, like a lot of his part got cut, and he never truly got to go through with the character. I don't think he would have been better than Heath Ledger or Joaquin Phoenix. But I, he's a talented actor. He's in one of my favorite movies called Mr. Nobody. If you haven't seen that, it's a fun little uh, mind bend type of uh, movie. Yeah, exactly. And I, so I feel good about this movie. Feel good about his vampire powers. Yes. Feel good about anything that's like an seedy underworld of, of vampires and fighting. So I feel good about all that. And we might even have a cool crossover. It might exist in the MCU universe. May not. Who knows? Who cares? I just want to see if this movie's good. Yep, um, that's uh, coming out in January, out. yes. Yeah, it comes out in January, so, which is good. That's exciting. Like we said, we have Hawkeye coming up. Yep. And then we've got Spider Month. And like, <laughs> yeah, it's in mid-December, and then, hey, before things get too boring, we'll get to watch Morbius, and it'll be sweet. So, I was glad to see it up on the big screen, because the first time I watched it, it was on my phone. So, good, underrated yep. part of going to the movies is seeing trailers on giant screens honestly i mean it's not marvel but seeing the batman trailer on the big screen is yeah. so much more fun than watching it at home <laughs> it's super dope um so yeah we got a venom dope. reference and we got michael keaton spotted in the trailer if you guys haven't watched it go watch it but hey we're, we're gonna have fun here yes absolutely yeah i know sorry sorry we didn't break down all the easter eggs as we never do that's not our podcast we're just gonna tell you that we think it looks seven, cool. yeah there's at least 20 other podcasts that'll break that stuff down for you believe me I'm a nerd. I get the references. I'm just not going to talk about them. Yeah, exactly. You know, because I would just, if I try to miss them all, I'd just miss them anyway. So, right. Um, there it is. The, the other big, the reason we were at the theater was to watch Eternals. We yep. did watch it. Um, oh, no. We put up our spoiler free review on Thursday. Go back, listen to that if you don't want to miss the movie spoiled, just to get an idea if you want to watch it or not. But here yep. today, right now, it's Spoiler City. Starting Spoilers. Three, two, one. Icarus did it. That guy's a yep. face. <laughs> Icarus um, did it. Ajax is dead. Gilgamesh dead. Okay, now Gilgamesh let's talk about. Dead. Yes, <laughs> let's. Well, yeah, let's talk about them. I think the first thing that needs to be discussed in this movie are the Eternals themselves. Yeah. As a group, do they work? Uh they somehow found a way to maintain interest in a group of uh 10 i believe there are 10 eternals yeah and they kept them all interesting uh some of them didn't have as good of a story arc but uh the way they kind of did that is they paired them off in twos and threes to where you could kind of develop both characters at the same time it's really smart writing have this many characters it's just kind of like it's almost like writing a sitcom or something with a lot of cast members. It's just like, okay, well, here's the story that's going on here, and we're going to jump over here to this story and change the point of view a few times. And yeah, it was great. Exactly right. Uh, emotionally, it works when they pair them off like that. Yep. And action-wise, it kind of also works to see their different powers working together. If you guys haven't seen the movie, which you probably should have if you're watching our spoiler review, but it's sweet the way that all their powers are different and unique, and they all, like, then the way they combine them to use them in battle uh, is fun and different. Yeah. Because a lot of these people would die instantly in a one-on-one combat because their powers are borderline useless. I know. That's the one thing about this movie where it's like, 
they're specifically developed individually to take on the deviants, which were fun little uh, antagonists for this movie. But then, like, some of them are just absolutely, you, there's no way that's going to help you by yourself in a battle. Like, let's just take yeah. Ajax for an example. She can heal people, but she can't really fight. So right. it's what like, is they, she going to do to help stop? Yeah, exactly. They, they definitely need each other. They are not individual heroes, with the exception of a couple, like, Icarus himself, he could go out and do pretty much whatever he wants by himself, and he doesn't need the other uh, Eternals to help him out with things, but for the most part, a lot of them kind of need a uh, secondary or tertiary to back him up. Alright, yeah, sweet. Uh, 30 seconds on each character. Go. Alright, well, let's we just go. Time. If you are watching us on the Facebook group, we're going to go left to right, so yes. Kingo is Kumail. He is a very funny comedian and actor, and I enjoyed his character quite a bit. Uh, yes. He, yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna jump. I'm gonna give you six seconds of blurred within your 30 seconds as you go. I love the part that he has been acting in his same role for hundreds of years, and he just pretends that he's on yep. the dynasty family. Probably so, the best joke of the movie is he's just the sixth generation version of himself in Bollywood films. So that was very funny. He's great. I enjoy his powers. He kind of has the ability to build up this energy. And he does it with the finger gun. Sometimes he goes full Hadouken with it, but essentially he needs a few seconds to build up a big enough blast and then he can take anybody on. So he's pretty awesome. Uh, probably the funniest of the characters, yes. I would All say. Right. I love it. Uh, Mercury, super speedy, super left out of the movie for a while. She's the last one of the Eternals to get back together with the group after they break up. Yeah, kind of, um, the of best part of her character, not to say anything about it, is just the way that she fit in with the group just as well as anyone and would expect her to. She's a deaf character in the movie, but that's never actually fully acknowledged. They just, the whole group communicates with her with sign language and she communicates back that way. There's never any like, oh, where'd you learn how to do this or what type of sign language. Imagine it's sign language but i don't know that for sure i guess someone can pet me but i'm pretty sure she yeah she's a great character uh she kind of has a romance with uh, our next character here so that kind of makes them interesting and she's super fast but she's not the mastermind of any plan so she's she's a fun addition that's for sure yeah um druig you always correct me in these names that druig yes it's with the g yes. uh, the real the red herring of the movie in a lot of ways and the mind control bender of what's going on um, yeah, he, he's interesting because he's, I think technically he's the most powerful when it comes to what he can do for the world. Because there's points in the movie where he, they, everyone acknowledges that he could literally control the entire human race if he wanted to. And make yeah. them stop fighting and being part of wars. And instead of doing that, and he, le he lets people have their free will. So that's, he, he was sick of seeing people die and fight over their petty wars that no one cares about. So he went off into the Amazon, started his own community, and kept that community safe for thousands of years. That was his yeah. job. And uh, he's he's a great character because he, he's built up like he could be the Judas of the group. And then he ends up being one of the strongest allies. Yeah, in a lot of ways, he is he is the, the spark, the catalyst for them breaking up early in the movie. Yeah. Because he's really the first one who's like, hey, leave. I'm, I'm sick of this. Like what we're doing, I'm sick of doing it. Um, which is like shepherding America and protecting, <laughs> shepherding humanity and protecting. Yeah, he's he's the Zane of One Direction. I only make that joke okay. because we actually get Harry Styles later in the movie. <laughs> okay. Spoiler. Um, yeah. So super good. 
We have Sprite here, which uh, the movie itself references as the Tinkerbell to uh, Cersei's and Icarus's uh, romance there. Peter Pan she's, and Wendy, yes. Yes, yes they're Peter Pan and Wendy. So she's a little jealous. She's our shapeshifter. She's stuck in the form of a child, which she does not enjoy. Yeah, I wouldn't say shapeshifter, but she can uh, make illusionist. herself look different. Illusionist, yeah. Illusionist. Whatever way you want to put it. She's uh, she's a fun addition, and she's definitely part of the main trio of this group that's focused on the most in the movie. And an important part of her character is she seems to have a pretty decent relationship with everyone in the group. There are different points where yeah. her and Kingo talk about how they're really good friends, and her and Druig have always kind of teased each other, and then... She left with Ajax, but then ends up uh, joining with uh, Cersei later in the movie. Yeah, so Deep she... Down loves Icarus yeah. the most. Oh, yeah, no doubt, um, no doubt, no doubt. Which is, I think plays off well. Like I said, her powers get to be shown off well. So good addition. Um, we'll skip Ajax for now because she's got her own little thing going on. Cersei yeah, and Icarus here. Uh, Cersei is the – can change things, like change – yeah, uh, she can change anything and anything else. Yeah. There's an actual name for that power, but it's not coming to mind right now. She and can transform. Then, At one point, she transforms a bus into rose petals, so people don't die, and it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So visually, her character's a fun watch. I think she's a she's a solid main character. The actress did a good job where she was never, like, too much. Like, she didn't command the screen, and no one else on the team mattered. She wasn't two there but she was definitely you could tell that she was the main character and had the most like love for humanity i would say yeah i would say it works for the movie at whole yes that she, but it, for her as an individual character she's probably the one that i would least care to see on screen at any given moment but i think that is kind of the point is that way the other characters get to yeah some around her it is interesting that she's the main character yet uh her she doesn't have too big of a storyline. I mean, she's very much nice and wonderful to most people throughout the entire movie. And I don't think that makes her uninteresting. I think that just makes it to where she's just a good character. I think just when you have 10 people, you need that person. So that way everyone else can change around her. Um, Speaking of which Icarus, her love, who eventually Richard Madden. So handsome. He's out there looking good. He's the Superman power of the group. You've seen him in the trailers shooting laser beams out of his eyes. He uh, he was stuck with the unfortunate part of knowing the truth that humanity would eventually have to die. Which we'll touch on that more with Ajax. But yeah, he yeah. uh, he spends the first 5,000 of their 7,000 years on Earth being uh, just as unknowing as the rest of the group. But eventually he's given knowledge that he didn't necessarily ask for. Also, seven thousand years gets thrown around pretty loosely. the whole time. That was that was one as thing if, where I was like, <laughs> as if any amount of time, no matter how much time has passed, it's still been roughly seven thousand years. Yeah, that they've been on Earth. Uh, which, I, I don't know if that was a writing error or what happened there. It's fine. You barely notice it, but we both noticed shuffle. it. It's fine. Uh, I like Icarus a lot. Uh, Richard Madden, he's a good actor, so he was he was a good like fun one to watch, and he did embrace that superman role it's kind of what he did and i i read that the director really took a lot of inspiration from henry cavill do we blame uh, the boys for making it somewhat obvious that he starts to become the bad guy is it the boy's fault that like we associate with him 
No, because I mean, you don't. I, I, I person. I mean, it was made obvious later in the movie, but like at first, I was like, oh yeah. I mean, he's just he he's not gonna betray the. He didn't seem like he was gonna be the uh, Judas of the group, but then he ended yeah, up okay. being that guy. So whatever. Yeah. Uh, he's not terribly interesting, but his love for Cersei is very much a focus. Yes, his and... love versus the duty of his of his job. Yeah, good. It's a good thing. Yeah, uh, I'm just gonna make a note now that once we're done talking about these main characters, we gotta get a little bit of love to our side characters, but we'll get yeah, to that. Next up, Gilgamesh. Uh, if I had, he's definitely one of my favorites, if not my favorite. I think just because he's the powerhouse, I enjoy watching his powers the most. He's he's got some humor. He's a funny guy. Bummed that he's dead. <laughs> That's for sure. Spoiler yeah. there. I was very sad to see him go. I understand why he had to go to make the plot work a little better. Because Icarus does betray the rest of the group, and that would be that he was the only one that could rival Icarus's strength. So that's yeah. kind of why they kind of had to write him off there. Yeah, dope way of showing his power, like showing super strength, but like you always had like you'd see like a glove kind of. It was only his arms, yeah. Uh so he looked cool. He uh his whole thing of taking care of Thena is cool. Mm. Um, he had a couple funny. He was pretty funny. He was pretty likable when they like meet him at his home. So yeah. all about him. Athena, mm. to me, is one of the least interesting. Fighting yeah. is okay. You know, she's a cool. Fighter. I like watching her in battle because she is the most hand to hand. She has to know moves, and she kind of creates her weapons as she's going. And I think that makes her pretty neat to watch. Angelina Jolie was a fun casting. I never would have pictured her as a superhero, but when they did it in this movie, I was like. Yeah, it works. I'm okay with it. So it works enough. Yeah, good on her. Her, her mind break. I was thing. just gonna say her mind break thing was a little weird. It was definitely a plot device that they needed, but it was one of those things where it was like, eh, it's okay. But overall, I think her character was pretty good. Let's move on to Fastos. I like him a lot. I think he makes top three for me, which he definitely did not at first. His power seemed almost the most useless in a fight but then he clearly proves that to be wrong at the very end of the movie which we'll get to that in a second here but 30 second review he can do the uh kind of he he's very smart he designs at one point he does a steam engine back in like mesopotamia or something like that's where it was like well beyond where humans should be at that point and yeah he's a fun character uh Obviously, we've got to acknowledge that his character is part of the reason why this movie isn't allowed in other countries, which is ridiculous. And uh, he's married to a man. He has an adopted son. Uh, honestly, I buy into that romance more than I do with some of the other ones in this movie. It worked pretty well. I I loved how they didn't even have to acknowledge this type of thing in the trailer. It's just like, hey, this is what humans are. We're representing all of humanity because this is a very diverse cast. We've got yeah, people from every... A lot of walk of life so which i thought they did well i thought the, the movie did a good job as said so i like him like i said i like his powers a lot they they're not to be super cool in combat yep um, at the end that was that was really cool that made him like jump up my ranking because at first i was like this guy's kind of boring but as soon as he took out icarus kind of by himself i was like oh yeah this guy's awesome. the the last sort of character i guess we really need to discuss is the deviants themselves as a character there's yeah. like one main deviant sort of as it as it goes. That um, I didn't what do we think of the deviant thing? Uh the deviants were fine. I think the ult, ultra deviant was weird. 
because he stole powers from Ajax and then he also stole powers from uh, Gilgamesh and then he kind of becomes this like almost iRobot looking thing. I was like, this is kind of weird. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'm blunt with it. It was useless. I understood yeah. what its desire was and it has like an emotional moment. To, it tries to have like a, a moment where it's, well, you know, we just wanted to survive too. That's great. That's not this movie. That was tacked onto this movie. Just have yeah, all the mindless deviants. It did kind of feel like they added that on there. It added an extra layer to the final battle between the weird deviant with Thena because he had absorbed Gilgamesh's memories and Which was powers. Again, happening on the side of the actual plot. It didn't I know. do anything. No, I know. There's this it's, like ultra awesome deviant, and then all that he really ends up doing is losing to Angelina Jolie in hand to hand combat. Yeah, so I think it would have been cool. Maybe he would like teamed up with him to help him with Celestial or something like that. Was a weird part where he actually crazy. did that, and then everybody on the <laughs> Eternals against Icarus was like, Hey, dude, no one invited you. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, We're, what? Just we're beating up Icarus here. No, no, yeah, get no, out of here. You don't get a that was super weird, Again, but whatever. The one thing that's movie, yeah, should have just had them all be mindless deviants the whole time, but whatever. Um, oh, uh, let's to a couple side characters just to acknowledge him. Karun, he was uh, Kingo's cameraman, one of the better Marvel side characters so far. Uh, he was much better than uh, Ben Kingsley's character in Shang Chi, that's for sure. Yeah, no, I agree. And like I said, uh, Kit Harrington's character, was awesome, not featured that much, which I think is totally fine. I think it's okay that he wasn't he's uh, the first good chunk of the first act. Yep, and then he kind of has this weird, you know, my family's got more of a history than I thought, and then we're going to talk on the post credit scene at the very end, probably, but I'm pumped but for the future. I'm excited that he's in the MCU. Yes, no doubt. Love him. I love that actor, too. Just He essentially gets to play Jon Snow in the MCU, so let's go. All right, so uh, let's talk through the movie a little bit now, so we know what the characters are. Yep. What happens is this movie starts as they come to Earth, and they kind of, as the movie develops, we go back in time over and over again. Number one, we go to a ton of locations. Yeah. Whoever, the location graphics person, you know, getting overtime, probably working 60 hours a week, making sure they got those nice title graphics. It looked legit, bottom. yeah. And, like, um, I imagine most of it was historically accurate, too. So that was a lot. There was a lot that went into those scenes, and it almost wasn't necessary. Like, they held on a couple shots longer we think we said in our quick review that like the one thing about this movie is like it's about 20 minutes longer than it needs to be man that's yeah and i think a lot of it some of them is just these past scenes like you're in babylon you really just spend that much time in babylon talking to these humans i get that it like it connects into the humans you didn't have to have it be so long um but for the most part like you said it was done well yes the big battles most of the big lots of you know extra stuff happened in the past but they the spectacle looked nice the, yeah no doubt the, um the it was I, cgi but that's fine the thing though they they actually did time jumping pretty well in this movie it didn't rub me the wrong way they yeah. it was a little like some of the long shots were annoying but the fact that they kept jumping like okay here's the original scene then they jump into the movie in modern day and then they reference something that like makes sense for an old another past scene, so they kind of yeah. time jump a little bit. But it didn't it didn't bother me. Oh yeah, the classic, some movies like, do it terribly. Some movies are awful at that, man. No, the movie did so a good some... job. It would be like, oh yeah, I haven't done this since back this day, and then it would jump back and show you what yeah. they're talking about. 
which is pretty typical, but I like it enough and it keeps the movie, like you said, flowing in a good way. So all that stuff sets up. Um, we do the Eternals are together for all of that stuff. Yeah. In modern day, they're not together. Mm-hmm. Kind of said that it's Druig's fault that they're not together. Not really. There's a few other. I would just say he was the first one to leave the group, and everyone else kind of at the same time acknowledged, like, yeah, I guess we did. Well, Ajax even says it bluntly. She's like, yeah, I mean, we really don't need to stay together right now. I only kept us together for this reason and the other thing. So go live your life. So this is essentially what you're Apparently, all gone. Is right. The kind of reason they all get to go live a human life. Um, and this is, I think, is a good time as any. And now let's talk about. Ajax, because I think she sends them to live a life because as she says it over and over again, Earth is special. And she seems yeah. to have a special she humanity. Is a character we talked about how um Thena isn't all that interesting. Ajax is also not interesting just because she starts and ends the same. She's the one of the I mean, obviously spoiler again, she's the one well, like the first one that dies. She gets killed off, but her whole arc is she's kind of the leader and she has a connection with um what is the big red giant's name? You remember that? Know, the Celestial. It's the it's Celestial. Like our, we'll just like call it Celestial. Or, but yeah, they say his name a million times. It doesn't actually matter. The Celestial, so she is the only one that can communicate with them and she knows their true purpose. I think she has knowledge of their past lives, but I believe seems to be, yeah, or at least knows that there are, they have done this before. I don't know if she has the specifics, but she does decide the earth is different. She lets the Eternals live a life. I wonder if that was done intentionally so that she could help the Eternals turn on the Celestial and kind of fight for earth, which is, ends up being what happens. So I don't know if that was, a power move on her part or if that was just kind of happenstance but whatever yeah, it was. what's going on with that let's discuss the whole plot of this movie that is that there's a celestial that is inside of earth that needs to quote unquote emerge yep. out of earth destroying earth with it and then mm-hmm. it uses the force of earth to create new galaxies as celestials do what do we think of this what first off this it's a I didn't mind it just because it kind of takes real concepts that probably happened in the history of the universe where things have to kind of, I mean, if you even just go based off the big bang, something something has to start there to create this new universe. And I don't know about, I don't know if I buy like planting the seed for a few thousand years and then it hatches. I don't really fully understand that, but the concepts that something has to blow up for, billions of other lives to start that made enough sense to me so that was that was fine yeah that part i think is fine the logistics of it are annoying but you can nitpick logistics all the time how does more humans being on earth create more power in the core of the earth yeah that part was weird what how that's not how this works whatever the life um, force is, I believe, what they said. It has to be enough life force no, for it to. Something about the technology I too. I don't know, like, man. Whatever. Um, we were creating enough energy. It was trying to say like humans use a lot of energy. Yeah, we know we do it. Oh right? yeah, that was that was something like uh, this it's movie fine. wasn't overly political, but there was a couple parts where you're just like, oh, so the <laughs> the deviants are back because of global warming. That was yeah. subtle. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> Global warming's bad. We all know. We all yeah. know it's bad. We should acknowledge it, but like, we're watching a superhero movie, yeah. man. Let me let me live my life beneath my popcorn. Like, yeah, 
I need real reasons that global warming is not bad, not weird fake ones about the idiots from that. <laughs> um, so that, but whatever. So I, I flat I don't care about the celestials. I think they're, I think they're more interesting in theory than they ever are. They were even in yeah. comics, even in the comic yep. books, they're always more cool until they're actually in the story, and then you're like. These guys yeah, it's stuff. it's going the same like, way as Galactus in Rise of the Silver Surfer, which is this all powerful, giant, weird humanoid type thing. And yeah, it's I think that out of this movie, that might be the one thing because there it was getting pretty bad reviews, and I think that's kind of turned around now, which rightfully so. Yeah. But if you're gonna pick anything out of this movie that just flat didn't really work, it was the dumb celestial thing that no one was really invested in. No, but he looked cool. He did look cool. He looked true. cool. So he was we'll giant, that. huge. He gets a little bit. So, so let's just was the Eternals break up. They're off living with humanity, and they yep. got a a deviant arrives back, and now they need to reconvene. Um, the reason the deviants are back, uh, well, we actually the reason they're back is global warming. But really, yeah. what sets the the thing in motion is that Icarus knows the that end is coming. The end is coming. So he kills. Uh, he kills Ajax. Ajax. Sacrifice. He went full Mufasa on her and just tossed her into well, the stampede. <laughs> scar. She went full Mufasa. Or, well, she, he, yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I meant. It was a great reference. Good work. Great. Classic reference. I love 101 Dalmatians. Probably my favorite of all the Disney classics. Yeah, DreamWorks is great. Continue. Uh, so he, he sets the movie in motion. We don't know that. You wouldn't know that at this point. I always forget. You guys have all seen the movie. You wouldn't be watching yeah. this. Yeah. Um, I always like try to talk to people who haven't watched it. Don't watch our podcast yet. Well, do watch and share no matter what. Even yeah, dude. Uh, you can watch this seven times before you go see the movie. Don't let coach convince yeah, you otherwise. Yeah, you live yeah. your life the way you want to. But if you um, want it to make more sense, watch the movie. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, Icarus sets them off. The team's like slowly getting back together one at a time. They meet each other and they're they're all kind of living their own lives. As we said, they've all have interesting little things that are going on and you start to learn the dynamics of the team. I like that part of the movie. To me, that's yeah. where I'm enjoying the movie is as they're getting together. It was almost like just an estranged family getting back together is how it felt. Cause they've known each other for so long. So like, even though Drug was kind of a tool when he left, when everyone came to see him, he was still like an annoying brother, but he was, he still cared for everyone there, you know. He was yeah. just, you know, being himself. That's his personality. So, the whole team's kind of, you know, they're all they're they're a tight unit. That's for sure. You know, the, the reason I like it is because it it feels like a video game. A lot of video games, you'll notice, like you're you're exploring around and you just keep recruiting people to join your army or your team, and uh-huh. that's kind of how this movie was structured. So I like it. It fits with my my flow stuff. So that's my favorite part of the movie is what's going on there. Yeah, once they're back together and now the secrets start getting revealed and the deviants are attacking and all this stuff, it's not as great. I'd say the third action, the third, you know. Third act had plenty of action, some cool fight scenes, definitely some really cool. Like we get to show like the spectacle of some of the powers that we hadn't quite seen yet. Like I said about Fastos, like he literally got to take on Icarus essentially mm-hmm. on his own, or at least subdued him enough to where they could keep moving forward with the plan. Yeah, keep the, the plot rolling, and he's he's awesome. A volcano's erupting, and Sprite's using illusions, and people are getting backstabbed. There's, there's good stuff. There's literally good stuff happening. <laughs> uh, yeah, literally been backstabbed. Mercury going, you know, unleashing 
her just her her flash combo i said while we were watching the movies like oh so this is just flash for superman in the injustice game continue yeah in the injustice not in the the justice league movie because that fight is garbage this fight is good right um which as a lot of the fights are that they all like i said that's the cool part about their powers is they all kind of have unique ones even like finger guns is like way less cool than chris's eyes laser beams but it looks cool when he charges it so they all have cool ways of making it work the fighting's happening the celestial comes out and this is where i'm like yeah you know and the whole weird that's the the thing i have not about this whole stupid unity connecting each other makes them more power like i don't care whatever man it was fine it, it worked for what it was they froze the celestial mid-birth is essentially what happened and then the world gets to see this ice sculpture of the celestial now so now the it, earth it, knows about it. Here's the other thing. The the scaling of this thing does not compute to what we were told earlier in the movie. Earlier in the movie, it made it sound like as the celestial came out, it was like gonna be almost as big as Earth is itself. It couldn't emerge without destroying Earth. This thing was gonna take up maybe like one hundredth of the Indian Ocean. This thing was not nearly as normal. It's a baby. <laughs> yeah, whatever yeah, it was. Like it could have easily emerged out of Earth and then just not destroyed Earth. Yeah, well, that's not a good plot device, so let it go. <laughs> make it look bigger. I agree. I agree. Continue, uh, whatever. That um, was a fun little end to that action. Icarus, he acknowledges, you know what? I can't hurt you to Cersei, so... He ends up kind of re- not redeeming himself fully because he still killed Ajax. Uh, waste of his character. <laughs> as soon as he lets her do that, he uh goes full supernova suicide and just flies into the sun like an yeah. idiot. So I thought he's gonna go join the friggin' Guardians or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. So a lot of this movie, in a weird way, it wants to like prey on like this idea of not religious. I want to say religious fanaticism, but like it definitely wants you to feel that like pull of faith. Because a lot of these characters, even the ones who end up not betraying the group, still like agree with like, hey, we believe in this giant celestial, whatever they call him, um, because we believe in him, so we trust him. And he like just has this whole faith versus love kind of conundrum. And it's interesting. So it yeah. makes sense that at the end, he, he like, yeah, I get it. Because also, you need to you need to thin out this group. <laughs> you, yeah, you got ten, you got to kill a few. It works. To get, uh, I I talked to you about this off uh, camera and such. I want to see what they're gonna do with these other Eternals. Is it gonna be an Eternals two, or we're we gonna get the Eternal Earth Squad versus the Guardians of the Eternals in space or whatever's going on? I don't know. Yeah. We'll see what we'll, happens, I guess. We'll for sure too. And we'll talk about it again when we when we hit the end credit, because I think yeah, that that's definitely important sets up thing. for what's gonna happen mm-hmm. to the Okay, so let's talk about it. That's where the movie should have ended. <laughs> as soon oh, as the yeah. Celestial's oh, frozen. That's such a good point. That and I then I liked the, like she went and had her conversation with Kit Harrington's character, and like they were at the park. I was like, okay, just end it right here. And then nope, ten more minutes of stupid celestial stuff. Yeah, the big dumb celestial comes up and he like summons the Eternals and dude, no one cares. And it's all like, oh, I'm here to, I'm gonna use your memories to judge Earth. And like, okay, I thought for sure he was just gonna put them back down on Earth, but then he just kind of like takes off with them. And you're like, well, this 
kind of sucks. Uh, yeah, I was I was so hoping for the end, and then that's just not what happened, unfortunately. But whatever. Um, I I think they're leaning too heavy into the Celestials because Marvel wants that to be a future thing they can delve into. But I don't think people are gonna buy into that, man. I don't no, think people are gonna I care for that. Care. I straight don't care. Uh, especially because if you're going to do a Celestial, at least do the most well-known one and be like, all right, well, he's Galactus, and that's the end of the conversation. I guess Galactus is fine. But now we got three other Galactus-type characters. <clears throat> no. Yeah, they all suck. Super, uh, super tonic there. There's something to the theory that, like, Celestials in the comics are, like, that's how the, the birth of the X-Men kind of powers came to be. Was I don't think that's going to be any... Nah, no, there's so. not going to be, like, some weird nerdy scientist in a couple of movies be like, well, remember when that one weird thing came out of the ground? That's what awoke all the X-Men. G- that's not what that. I hope not. Uh, I'd be pretty bummed if that's what happened. I almost certainly am on the theory of they're just going to have X-Men from a different multiverse show up into this one. Yeah, it's the only one that's really going to line up. But uh, outside of the X-Men, I think at this point the movie's over. Uh, the, the the very ending was kind of dumb and annoying. But we get to go onto the ship with Druig, Mercury, and... Does King go with them? Or do, no, King go stayed on Earth. King stayed so on Earth. Who's to, the to hang out with Sprite? Uh, Athena. Yeah, Athena's yes. the last one on the ship. And then we get introduced to Pippin, or Pip the Troll, played by Patton Oswalt in the yes. Love Pat Oswalt. mid-credits scene. And then we get to see uh, Harry Styles, Star Fox, the brother of Thanos. Yeah, which what are the logistics of that? How are you really brothers? If you're Eternals, then you were just created. Thanos. Yeah, that was weird too because he said he was an eternal, but Thanos wasn't an eternal. I, dude, I don't know. Whatever it is, it was fine. I think a lot of people are freaking out. I was like, I mean, the guy's been famous for 15 years. He could probably act. I wouldn't be surprised. He'll probably be fine, and I might even yeah. like him later. You are right, though. That seems like it seems like the next Eternals movie is going to be that crew of like five ish yeah. going on some sort of set of missions. And then maybe the get another Eternals perspective. Or... Yeah. Yep. They might jump uh, back and forth between them, the Eternals that are off with the giant Celestial doing who cares what. Or maybe uh, it won't be. Maybe it'll just be... Just so back on Earth, Festus yes. gets to go back to his husband and son. Uh, Cersei uses the power that she had during the final battle to turn uh, Sprite into an actual human. So that's fun. I'm excited. For, yeah. I, I, I would bet she's not going to be anymore. Yeah, she went off with Kingo, though, and Kingo's important. I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. I think that's the end of their arc. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, maybe they'll make cameos in other movies. Like, maybe they'll end up seeing... Yeah, they could be the long movies and just But They're not going to be a main focus, that's for sure. Um, But who is going to be in future movies is Kid Harrington's Dan the Man. Dane. 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 Whatever. Yes. Uh, I was super excited. This is another character that I don't know a lot about, but because of that, it got me even more excited. I don't know if this is just biased towards Game of Thrones, but he was awesome in this movie. I mean, he was a fun side character. I'm really excited. That counts for something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's for sure. And he seems like he's going to be playing a very similar character. So we get he gets he opens up a box. It's got his family sword with like this black. This is called the Dread Sword. Oh, fun! I think that's what it is. I've I've tried to look into it because 
as we're about to say, we hear a voice while he's like going to touch this sword, and yep. it is the man, the myth, the legend, Blade, um, which is sweet. Yeah, but I don't want to butcher all my the research. God. There is no times that the Black Knight and Blade really ever hung out. Well, um, that's okay. Which is totally fine because they're both they both have sweet swords. Yeah, I I don't know that I that's why when I watched the scene I was like that sounds a lot like I think it's Mershon. I don't know how to say his I'm not first name. Say it's Ali. Ali. Yeah. I'm not gonna butcher it, but he is awesome. And I heard it and I was like that sounds a lot like his voice. But what relevance does he have to this universe? But I think it's been confirmed that it was indeed Blade's voice asking him if yeah. he thinks he's ready for this. So and it, and it all but sounds like Black Knight Kit Harrington's character is just going to be one of the main characters in Blade's movie. That which is fine with that. So, Hell yeah, let's go. Yeah, we're not going to get a Black Knight movie yet, but we are going to get him in Blade, um, probably hunting something. The vampire, who knows what's going on? Um, I love it. I think that's awesome. It's. It's the movie I'm not most hyped for. That's, I'll be honest with you, I'm pumped about it. So, yeah, more vampire fun stuff. This is definitely like the underworld things, like you said. So, I like how Marvel's becoming more diverse with their characters. Instead of just having everyone be a light, bright superhero, we're starting to get a little darker or make our heroes a little less forgivable. Like, even Shang-Chi, he actually did go through with his first kill. And I'm glad they acknowledged that. And it makes yes. his character that much better. So, it's it's not making things more realistic because we are starting to get to like an overly mythical realm. It doesn't bother me yet. We'll see how it goes. But they're the the characters are more human and humanity can have some dark stuff. And I find the dark stuff interesting to watch. All in all, I think this is a movie people should watch. I think yes. because you don't need to have watched the previous MCU to watch it, and you probably don't need to watch it to watch the rest of the MCU. I think it fits in as its own niche of just if you want to watch a good sci-fi movie, it's one worth watching. Yeah, um, it went kind of the way of the Guardians first movie where, like, there's... I don't even know if they had references to the other MCU right. characters in the first yeah, Guardians. It's nothing. like, this one, You if, if you have a very passing knowledge of anything, any sort of Marvel characters, you get the references they make where it's like, oh, I thought you were going to be a wizard like Doctor Strange. It's like, well, yeah, everyone who's Do- knows who Doctor Strange is at this point, so it's fine. But you don't have to watch Doctor Strange. Might as well someone who is reading the kind of Doctor Strange comic book. Whatever. Exactly. Um, so I've, I'm all about it. And guess what? These guys didn't break the multiverse. This is like the first thing we've had yeah, no. like forever that is not responsible for breaking the timeline into multiverses. So Yeah, it's a good thing. How's that going um, Yep. So that was that movie. I uh, think other Marvel news. Do we want to hit on the Spider-Man thing just real quick? Yeah, we can we can hit on the Spider-Man thing, not because it's the most interesting in the world, because we still haven't seen the trailer. And the the idea is, we haven't seen the trailer because Sony and Marvel can't decide if they need to put Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in the trailer. Dude, everybody knows. Yeah, that's. I love how they are doing just the absolute most to try and pretend, but like everybody knows every like. My grandma probably knows, and she hasn't watched a single MCU movie just because she sees the stupid Facebook posts all the time, I'm sure. So it's just one of those things where, guys, just give us the trailer. You don't even have to show us a lot. Just give us something fun, and we'll see you in a month. That's that's another good point, though. It's like, do they even need to drop another trailer? No, they should. But they they don't need to. 
They're going to, and it's going to have them in it. I'll tell you yep. that right now. We'll no, see no, them no, in no. it. And you could argue, does it need them or not? It doesn't matter. Just put them in it because it'll get people hyped. Yep. People are going to be hyped. You don't want people going into the movie being like, well, what is that 1% chance that they're actually not in it? No. Let them go into the movie excited to see this weird crossover nonsense. Um, you might, even, I think you might get more people like just the passerby who sees the trailers like, oh, hey. That's Tobey Maguire. I loved those movies as a kid. They might not be involved in the MCU at all, but they'll go out and see that movie. So yeah. there you go. Throw it in there. All right. Well, I want to do our uh, my. This is a new segment I'm throwing into the end of every episode. Because Spider-Man is coming down the tailpipe. It is the next major movie. So yes, every week moving forward, because we know that Spider-Man has everybody in it. This is my segment of who else is in the Spider-Man No Way Home movie. You're just adding this on here. All right. Yeah, and they're me off guard. What's the what's the premise? Go for it. The premise is you have to tell me who's in this movie, but you can't be right. Ah, uh, but I don't want to copy the memes online because the, they were like everybody's expectations and it shows everything from Optimus Prime to John Wick. But <laughs> I can tell you who's definitely going to be in this movie. This is 100% fact. Take okay. it home to the bank. There's no chance... But they put this movie together, and this person's not in the movie. We obviously already know that Kid Harrington's in it. Yep. Do you know who else is in it? The mother of dragons herself. Oh, Daenerys Targaryen. Be in this movie, either as Daenerys Targaryen or as a dragon. One of those I, two things. Yeah. I would not movie. be surprised. Now, you the, the rumor I've heard, and it's all but confirmed, we're going to get... Live action, Matthew Lillard reprising his role as Shaggy Rogers with a thousand percent of his power. Uh, dude, absolutely. He's he's on set. There's he's photos. On there are set. set photos of him and Andrew Garfield. Yeah, no CGI, and he had the green eyes, and he was using like his ultra power. They didn't even like they saved so much money just by hiring a guy that actually had magic powers. Exactly, no CGI. So that's exciting. I think it just makes the Spider Man movie even more breaking news. Breaking news. Gonna just keep talking about all the casting decisions, and I'm excited about it because I think it's gonna be super fun. So, let's do it. um, Looking forward to Spider Man, but obviously, I still want to make sure we, as we always say, soak in what's already come out. Don't move on too fast. Watch the movie a second time. Talk about it with your friends a third time. All that Ooh. good stuff. Coach, we got one more thing to say before you ask to tell them to not have too much fun. I know yeah, you're in the middle. That's the thing, though. I don't want them to not have too You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. But you were about to do an fun. outro right there. And I thought it'd be fun to acknowledge the other thing that we got coming down the tailpipe that we're thinking about starting at the beginning of next year. And I want to get their opinions on what movies they want to know. Oh, yes, absolutely. We're doing duo Marvelous Deaths. Uh, we're going to do a couple more singles. So if you guys haven't heard those episodes, they're previous. I did Doctor Strange. Coach did Shang-Chi, and I believe he's going to be doing a WandaVision yeah, one here soon. Bum, bum, bum. And I'm going to do the Wolverine trilogy by myself. But I believe starting next year, we're going to try and come out with uh, at least a couple of uh, duo Marvelous Deaths and going back in the rich library that we already have. And we've only had this podcast since February, so we haven't fully gotten to do reviews on stuff that was already out. Yeah, and in a lot of ways, um, I hope you guys – People who've listened to these Marvelous Depths seem to connect to them in a different way. And that's yeah. good because we get to talk about things in a different way. Mm-hmm. We're excited about it. I'm excited for the script for WandaVision 1. I know you're, you're awesome. Dr. Strange 1 was great. I'm confident your X-Men 1 will be awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, be sweet. But 
there's a lot of cool things that can be done in this stuff. I know that I plan on interviewing some people about why they love certain movies. Ooh, if there's okay. a movie that you love and you like, oh my God, I want to talk about this movie, like find a way, reach out to me, reach out to Josh, let us know. And if it's possible and it's logistical, I can walk us through a way to get you on an episode of Marvelous Steps talking about a movie you love to connect with the rest of the fan base. That's kind of what we're hoping to be able to do. That's what this specific offshoot of Marvel stuff is going to be. Come be a part of it. Get in depth. Get to know each other. Get to know these movies. Um, and that stuff and fun with it. You know what I mean? But Ooh. how much how much fun should we have, though? Uh, not too much. So right, we shouldn't have too much fun. So don't have too much fun without us. We're going to see you guys next week on the Marvel Stuff Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Like, share, subscribe, review, all that good stuff.